friends. This is Paul Daniels, Chairman of Involved Investors, and I do hope you won't mind my calling you that, because of course we hardly know one another. But it's so empowering to know that so many of you are listening to these reminiscences from my rocking chair. It's very gratifying. Thank you for doing so. This is podcast number 13 and the fifth in the Hints and Tips series. You've heard my advice to try to avoid external investment. But of course, I realise, particularly in this day and age, that you can't start a business on a shoestring. It's very difficult. And most of you will require funding. And the first port of call is your family and your friends. You may need bespoke software because your tech idea is not available through SaaS and you have to develop it yourselves. And of course, developers are very expensive. Or you may need samples. If you've invented, for example, a synthetic brick which fits together like Lego and doesn't need any cement, then you need to have some made. And better still, a wall with a window and a door in it. Model making tools are very expensive. So you need initial funding. Even friends and family will need to understand why you're asking and what you're asking them to risk their money for. So you'll need to describe your idea. But then, of course, high net worth investors will be even more circumspect. I want you to get into the mindset of a typical high net worth investor. Typically, you're probably middle-aged, although many younger people who've used the rapid growth available and provided by modern tech to build and exit might fall into the category, and some of them might be older, like me. But most of them are probably in their middle age. You will have decided to invest some of your very hard-earned wealth, and remember that, hard-earned wealth, in high-risk, early-stage businesses. Firstly, because they always have the potential of being successful, but as I've explained previously, that's very much against the odds. Or because the government, SEIS and EIS tax schemes make them very attractive. Or perhaps just because you want to help others to succeed as you have. Those are my three reasons, and it's a mix of all three. Typically, high net worth investors are self-opinionated. Why shouldn't they be? They've done it. They've actually achieved what you're trying to achieve. They've got very strong opinions. And they're very time poor. They're busy people. They're either busy enjoying their accumulated wealth, or very frequently, in fact most often, they're busy trying to do it all again. So they need to know that you are investable. Remember what I said right at the beginning, what James Goldsmith said. There are two different types of money. There's money and there's my money. And this is money that I've made. It's money for my family and my inheritance. And I'm giving it to you. Can I trust you? Can I trust you from an integrity point of view? Can I trust you to take care of it? I need to understand your idea and the competitive advantage it gives over the competition. It used to be called competitive advantage when I was at London Business School. It's now mostly called a moat. What moat is there around your business to stop people getting to it, copying it particularly? And believe me, that's a tremendous threat. 
tech in particular is easy to copy and very infrequently results in positive court cases against the copier. What's its potential? Is it sustainable? Has it got longevity? What's your plan for marketing, for supply, for sales? What margins are you going to make? What profit are you going to make? They'll need to see a three to four year plan. Don't go further because they just won't believe it. And don't indulge in the old hockey stick because everybody sees through it. They need to know the competition and the risks. But please don't incorporate one of those grids where you have all the ticks and your competitors are lacking many of your ticks. They are so annoying. If you looked at every single company in the market, they'd all have more ticks than the others. And really, if you think investors can't see through that, then you're daft. And they'll all have the opportunity to exit because investors at some stage are looking to get their money out. Try and use as few words as you can. Don't make them too wordy and please don't clutter up each page. And if you can, preferably present via video. It's much more impactful and we get to know who you are and what you're like and how you speak and how articulate and how much you really believe what you're saying, your passion and how much you really know about your market and the product. Can we believe in you? In August 2019, before all this COVID started, well before, the editor of the Institute of Directors magazine asked me to give five tips for a winning pitch. Pretty difficult, just five tips, but I obliged. And I'm going to use that as a crib sheet to tell you what my inner feelings are about pitching. And you'll be interested to see that most of the tips are about you and not about your idea. Personally, I regard the people as probably more important than the idea because a really good team will make an idea flourish even if it's not such a clever, such a brilliant, such a different idea. And you can have the best idea in the world and it will perish under a poor management team, a dysfunctional management team. We've dealt with a lot of that already. So here goes for the five tips. Number one, be natural. Show your belief, your passion, your resolve. Give the investor a clear view of who you are and why you're doing it and where you've come from and what you've done before and particularly any successes you've had, but also any failures, because one learns from failure. And we entrepreneurs all know that. Number two, know your market. Show that you're on top of every aspect, particularly the dynamics of the market, its evolution, any new trends, likely future innovations. Make sure they know that your master of your market. Thirdly, demonstrate the unique selling point of your idea. What's unique about it? What has it got which others haven't got? What is it going to do which others can't do? And again, I come back to the point of how far can you hold off the competition? 
how wide is your moat and can they learn to swim it? Explain your development strategy and new product plans. Be frank about the challenges and how you plan to overcome them. Don't hide them under the carpet. People will see them. They'll ask you about them anyway. Come out on top and make sure that people understand that you've really thought about it and you can circumvent them. Number four, command trust. Make it clear and mean it that you'll be just as prudent with investors' funds as you are with your own money. Don't be flash. Be careful. Don't go for flashy offices. Don't go for pomp and circumstance. Don't buy big cars. Be very prudent and frugal. They'll love that. If you make it big, you can have all those things later, but not on my money. Fifthly, and finally, be self-aware. Know your own strengths and your weaknesses and be quite clear that you will step aside and appoint specialist management to run your business as and when it overtakes your own scope and abilities. You'll always be the owner. You'll always be the founder. Well, you won't always be the owner. You'll share it with your investors, but you will be a major shareholder and you'll always be the founder. But don't expect always to be the CEO or even the COO. Be prepared. Be modest. Understand you're not the best. So many businesses come a cropper, and I've invested in some of them, where the founder, who's, for example, technical, holds on to the reins too long, and the business comes to a dead halt. So be very honest. Right the way through. First of all, remember, they've got to buy you, and then they've got to buy your idea. So that's my very quick summary of some ideas about pitching. If you want to know how to construct a pitch deck, then involved investors can help you. But always bear these points in mind. Always let your investors in on the inside, your hopes and your doubts and how you're going to overcome them. And you'll have a great bunch of investors who will not have been misled, they'll know where they're coming from, they'll know where you're coming from, and they will help you enormously on your journey. And listen to them, because there's nothing like experience to guide you on your path. Be humble enough to listen and learn. Good luck. Bye for now, folks. Thanks for listening. Hope learning. Bye. Thank you.